Hello, everyone. My name is Cynthia Bampton, and I'm the co-founder of the Awaken Life Project. And I'm starting a new podcast, and this podcast is basically going to be focused on how to live an awakened life in today's society. So it's called Waking Up to Life with Cynthia. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk about things that are very relevant to your life today, whether it be relationships, love, uh, aging, uh, coronavirus, whatever's happening here and now in the world um, and in your life. I'd like to be able to transmit to you another perspective, a new perspective on how you can look at things. And hopefully you'll be able to not only deal with the complexities of life today, but you'll also be able to bring more love, more light, more understanding, more empathy into this world through your own understanding and through your own freedom. So I hope you decide to join me. I look forward to it. Good morning, everyone. I want to talk about this morning, how often do we open up to different viewpoints? Or another way to say it, how quickly do we close down to a different viewpoint? And usually we close down to a different viewpoint. Um, out of fear. We have a certain kind of range that we feel comfortable in. Uh, we, we have certain things that we believe in. And we don't like to question those beliefs. So we have a small circle in our being, <laughs> or in our ego we could say, uh, of things that will listen to and things that we won't listen to. And I think everybody can relate to this. When you hear something that doesn't go along with your your belief or your understanding about something, then it's very, very easy to just reject it. And you might notice that you have this visceral response of just like, nope, don't want to listen to that. Or that guy's a crazy guy. <laughs> Or, you know, they're just wrong. And it can be anything. It can be people speaking about their religious beliefs and you totally doesn't resonate with you. It can be about in an argument where someone is bringing a view that it isn't in line with yours or even a, an interpretation of a certain event that is in contradiction to yours. Or it can be when we're listening to the news and if we listen to the same news all the time, we're going to get a specific narrative. And we get comfortable with that narrative. And so if we hear something that goes outside of that official narrative, we can, we can start to get very nervous or even angry. So with the situation with the coronavirus... I'm just going to tell you my experience a little bit going through this. So there's certain things that ring true and there's certain things that don't ring true. 
So I've been watching some things that normally I wouldn't watch. I've been opening up to some people I normally wouldn't listen to. And what I'm finding, just to, to start this off a little bit, is what I'm finding is the fact that I'm willing to listen to someone I was unwilling to listen to before out of fear or out of a position of thinking I already knew better than they knew. And Donald Trump is one of them. <laughs> and also David Icke is one. And so a lot of people, if you don't know who David Icke is, a lot of people think David Icke, you know, has been quite a nutcase for quite a few years. And I thought that too, because he can be very intense and very kind of revolutionary and very strong. So anyway, so what I'm finding is because I'm because I'm questioning the official narrative around the lockdowns and around the coronavirus and around the the effect that 5G may be having on this about why certain things are happening uh, without people really knowing about them it's all kind of a kind of a mystery right now but because I'm willing to question it means I'm I'm stepping away from any fear and fear that I didn't even know I really had but when I was unwilling to listen to something different I can recognize now that there was a fear to expand from what I already understood. Now for me, it's easier to open up to consciousness, to open up to the truth that, you know, that everything is God. I've had lots of experiences of that. I've had lots of, you know, lots of spiritual experiences that make me very, very comfortable to open up to new possibilities in that area. The area that I find myself not so willing to open up to is more political. And I, I kind of want to avoid a lot of the politics. And I think a lot of spiritual types <laughs> uh, do that, or just a lot of regular people too. Um, because we've gotten to the point that we just say, well, we can't really know what's real and what's true. We can't really trust politicians and yada, yada. So what I'm saying first and foremost is when I started opening up to people who I would never open up to, and it doesn't mean I believe them, but what I'm finding is I'm finding freedom and relaxation in the midst of this pandemic and in the midst of the lockdown, in the midst of ideas, in the midst of news, saying that this could go on forever, <laughs> not forever, but for, for months and months. So I'm finding peace, not because anything's changed, but because I'm not afraid to open up to different political views or different ways of thinking. And I think this is super important because what I'm, what I really recognize from a kind of a social political point of view is that when we put our heads in the sand and we don't want to know anything other than our official narrative, we're making ourselves very small and we're living from a place of fear. Now I knew this from a spiritual perspective 
that fear is ego. If I'm afraid to speak out because of what somebody might think of me, I'm very aware that this is coming from a false sense of self and it doesn't have anything to do with who I am. And in order to be a caring, loving person, I have to be willing to speak out and do something that isn't comfortable, maybe. Obviously, for me now, speaking out is, in the spiritual context is not a difficult thing to do. But we can look at characteristics of ego and in our everyday lives, we can see that fear, jealousy, uh, rage, competition in the wrong way can be ego and these are things that we need to transcend. So I'm very, very comfortable doing that in my everyday life. But now here we are. This is not everyday life that we're used to. It's not the normal thing. There's something that's threatening us physically and that brings a whole different response. And part of that response is the fear of death, physical death. And so all sorts of things happen in the body when there's a physical threat to the body. And so everything starts to get very real in facing physical death because now it's in our face. And I had, I had this very strongly. I've mentioned it before when we had a fire here in 2017 and some of us were literally running for our lives and being trapped by fire. And I experienced that fear of death very strongly and was able to, to, to transcend it to some degree. But we never actually know how much of something we've transcended until it's challenged again. So here I find myself listening to, to some different people that I normally wouldn't listen to. And I'm finding myself, because I'm open, I've already dropped a level of fear that I hadn't before. So there's, a, there's more of a sense of ease of being. And as I listen to different narratives and I find out more information, I am getting very, very concerned about things that are not just the coronavirus or not directly just the coronavirus in the sense that it's something else. So what I mean by that is in the United States, which I'm an American. I think you, everybody knew that from my accent. But one of the questions I have, which I find very, very strange, is that Donald Trump is president, and there's a presidential election in November, and a lot of people are saying that he was going to win again. The economy was going well jobs were going well, he was making peace with countries that we haven't been in peace with before. So he was actually doing quite a few things and there was quite an opposition to try to constantly hide those things or pull those things down, always making him look like he's incompetent when actually you start to look at what's happening or what was happening 
and in a lot of ways he was doing a good job. So there's a big push and it's been going on for a couple weeks now to have mail-in votes which means people wouldn't have to go in November to vote they would just mail their vote in and I don't know how that would work to be able to identify if the people that were mailing in their votes were actually real people so there's a big question about this of the fraud that could happen in the election if there was mail mail-in votes so my point being why is the opposition party of Donald Trump which is usually the progressive the liberal progressive party why in the middle of a pandemic when people are dying why are they focusing on trying to get mail-in votes so that makes me go hmm what's going on here there seems to be an agenda or there there there's an opportunity that people are taking to try to do something that maybe they they wouldn't have the opportunity to bring in because everybody would go this is crazy but of course with the the coronavirus they're saying mail-in votes is better because people don't have to stand in line and be next to each other and you know it's all because of the coronavirus the election is in November and this started in March so big question mark there so I have to do some research right because I'm, I'm questioning these things I'm questioning you know how do people count the deaths because as we we know that a lot of people who are dying are older people or people who had pre-existing conditions uh, quite severe pre-existing conditions so how are we counting the deaths and it seems that there's different ways to count in different countries even how do we test so I don't really know the answer to all these things but I am doing the research to try to have different views as I've mentioned before we have a couple of doctors that are part of our um, community and one of them I sent uh, an interview to to her and actually another another person in our community their roommates and she's a she's a dentist and a pharmacist so she knows quite a lot about science and how the body works and all of that so they went through this interview and they sent me like little recordings throughout the interview that I was listening to to tell me what they thought you know explaining the test to me explaining what the person was saying to say well it's true but there's more to the story or whatever so I'm doing my best to find out what's true and as I'm doing this you see I'm willing to open up to different viewpoints I'm not believing them I'm not just saying oh okay that's true the message I'm trying to pass along to, to everyone is that unless we're unless we're open to something other than what we think we already know we're living from fear and if we're living from fear we're living from ego and if we're living from ego we believe ourselves to be smaller than who we are we believe ourselves to be a victim to outer circumstances and we're limiting the possibilities of what can happen or what can creatively come forward and this can happen not just in this situation that I'm describing with the with the coronavirus but it's also in relationship and in conversations with other people and 
Because most of the time, if you look, where does all the conflict come from? Where does all the, the fear come from, all the hatred? It's the fear of actually listening and opening up to different viewpoints. I mean, really opening up to different viewpoints. Because we think if we open up, we're threatened in some way. And what we think sometimes is we're threatened because the viewpoint, I don't want to poison my mind with a viewpoint um, that doesn't make any sense. But see, what we're really threatened with, it's the ego. It's the fear of uh, letting go, of being small. It's the fear of having to take responsibility for our own lives. You see, and when we start taking responsibility for our own lives, we start really asking ourselves, what do I think? And why do I think that? And maybe one day you think in something and you go, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And the next day you let in more information and you find that what you thought yesterday maybe doesn't make as much sense because now there's more information. And you just keep going. But it's very demanding to the human being who wants to live in a place of I already know because if we think we already know we feel very very secure and this is very important because if you look at your own life it doesn't matter if it's a physical threat like the coronavirus or some people say 5G is even the bigger threat but it's also just the threat. It, it's really the threat of love and intimacy. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I know so many times if I um, am in a conversation with my husband, the only times that I contract and I see myself not being my true self, it's because I'm standing in a position that I already know and I'm not willing to listen. I think I'm right. You know, and of course he thinks the same thing. And then we have to kind of go through a bit of a, a dialogue in order to find out, wow, actually he was saying something completely different than what I thought he was saying. And I was saying something completely different than he thought. But we both thought we understood what the other one was thinking or or are believing and it always amazes me that if I just drop the idea of not knowing I can hear more and when I hear more it's like a bubble is is popped and it's the bubble of already knowing it's the bubble of separation only because I'm not I'm not sitting in this protective position, an egoic position, where no information can come in other than what I already believe. So let's bring this back. We can tie these things together. So when I have a certain belief about myself, and it can be very, very simple, it can be, I'm ugly. And someone comes up to me and they give me a compliment and say, wow, you're so beautiful. 
a lot of times what we do with that compliment is we just deflect it. We don't actually let it in. Because if we let in the compliment, we would have to drop the idea that we already had. Okay, so if we have a lot of ideas about ourselves, which most people do, you see, any contrary information will just bounce off. Because it's in contradiction to the security that we feel when we already know. And the same thing happens from a political point of view, a religious point of view. Any information just bounces off. So now the problem with this, you can say, well, what's the big deal? I can believe what I want to believe and it's all fine. And that's true. You can do that. But if you want to be a liberated human being and you want to bring more love and light into this world for real and not just feel better yourself, you need to be willing to open up so that you don't have fixed ideas about things and about yourself and about other people. Because when you have those fixed ideas about yourself and other people and anything contrary is just bouncing off, you see that's an imposition of separation. And then that's when we take a position of separation, then we also take a position where we can be angry, we can hate another, we can be in conflict, we can have ideas about different, different cultures, different religious beliefs, or just even not wanting to hear something that makes us uncomfortable. You know, bad things do go on in this world. And a lot of times if those bad things are not just directly in the life that you happen to be living, where we've gotten to as a society is we actually just don't care. We can act like we care, but really we don't. We've been desensitized. Now how could we do that? How could we be des desensitized to other people's suffering? unless we've closed ourselves off. So right now we're in a very, very interesting time. And what I'm finding out for myself, and it may be true for you, but you have to find out for yourself, is I have to open up to different political views. I have to open up to that maybe the narrative that I'm used to hearing that makes me feel comfortable isn't true. And it's very, very important right now, I can see more and more, that more and more of us need to actually be interested in what's going on here right now. Because the situation is, is that within a few weeks, the whole world has been locked down. And when you think about that, how did that happen? Now, we can say that it's the, um, you know, it's the right response to a coronavirus, and that's true. If the coronavirus is what everyone's saying it is. So I'm just putting ifs out here, and if you're having a reaction to me even saying if, you see, this is what I'm talking about. So if you're having a reaction, that's a reaction of fear. And maybe you're even getting a little bit like, oh my God, 
I used to like Cynthia, and now she sounds like a crazy conspiracy theorist. I don't know what your response is. But if you did have a response, you see that's it right there. So what I'm finding is I'm finding it's very, very important for me to open up to new possibilities, to be able to use my mind to discern what's true and what's not true, and to continue to have an open question of what's true and, not, and what's not true as more information comes in, the willingness to really not know, and the willingness to speak out. So when I thought about making this podcast this morning, I could feel fear because I'm putting out something that has to do with a political view and has to do maybe with going against the narrative that's in the mainstream media. And I'm also very aware when someone goes against the mainstream media or the official narrative, the labels can come out very, very quickly. And I could feel the fear of being labeled by you who happens to be listening to this. I could feel the fear that people could form ideas about me and then they would turn away and they wouldn't want to hear what I have to say anymore. Or they would label the Awaken Life Project as something because of what I'm saying right now. But I knew that it was important for me to say this because otherwise I would be acting out of fear. And I know what fear is and I know what it does. And so I faced a lot of fear in my life and every time I face it, I'm liberated. And as I said, I'm opening up to new possibilities and I'm doing my own research. But as I've opened up to these new possibilities, I've been liberated. More relaxed. And as I'm making this recording to you, I feel liberated because I'm not acting out of fear. And as we become more liberated human beings, you see this idea that we're small and insignificant and we can't do anything. You need to start questioning that. And it can just be as simple as opening up to new possibilities and doing your own research. And it can be completely overwhelming doing this kind of research. You know, and you have to do it a little bit at a time if you're going to do it. Because it can just be all-consuming and then you lose the ground under your feet because you're like, oh my God, I don't even know what's true and there's so much stuff going on that I didn't even know about and this is all crazy. I just want to go back to my, my nice little life where, yes, I'm in lockdown, but I still have food. I still feel happy. I'm still doing my yoga. You know, I'm still able to meditate. You see, but life has so much more than that. And to me, I think facing fear so that you can be who you actually are, which is consciousness itself, with unlimited possibilities, is more important than staying afraid so I can, I can hold on to a certain life circumstance that I feel comfortable with. Okay, so I leave you with that. And I want you to really think about it. 
Really think about it, and fear will arise. But you know, just it's look at look at it, just like looking into the eye of the tiger and go, "What is that? And is this true? Is it not true?" Because a lot of the times, what will happen was when that fear arises. You see, you forget about what you were actually contemplating, and all your attention goes on the fear, and that's how it works. Because then you don't go back and contemplate a new idea. Or even contemplate that maybe you were wrong in an argument with a partner. You see, you can just completely avoid what you were actually contemplating. Why? Because the presence of fear. You see, and that's how it works. That's how we stay locked in to fear, and that's how we limit ourselves. But also, we're limiting the possibilities that can happen. For you as an individual, but also for us as a collective. So this is a very, very powerful time, and we have time to look into things. We have time to be able to uh, face some things that will liberate us and liberate everybody else. But if you're unwilling to look, you're living from a life of fear. It's just the way it is. So everybody has to decide: Are you willing? To experience fear and not be afraid, because you, who you already are, who's recognizing fear arising in your awareness and feeling fear arising in the the body, you are that which is aware. It always comes back to that. Where are you going to put your attention? Okay, I think I have to stop because this podcast is getting a little bit long. But anyway, I hope you think about these things, and let's just keep going together and see where we go. Okay, bye. Okay, so that's it for today. I hope what I've said has helped you, and then、uh, let's see where we go. On the next podcast, so remember, wake up, live an awakened life, and share this podcast with your friends. All right, bye.